As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Inspiration. Brave action and heartwarming journeys. This is what the Louise H. Reed Show brings you. Now, here's your host, Louise H. Reed. Once again, this wonderful Tuesday, I'm your host, Louise H. Reed. With listeners in over 145 countries and millions of iTunes downloads and ongoing podcasts each month, I'm the fortunate host here every Tuesday at this time to look into the lives and leadership of everyday people doing extraordinary things. People who take brave, bold action in pursuit of their dreams and goals and are here to help and share so you can do the same in yours. I'm so thankful to each one of you for joining me each week and to show my gratitude because really we know that uh, actions speak louder than words. I've started a Lady Boss Loyalty Monthly Swag swag Giveaway. Everyone who comments on a podcast episode on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn with the hashtag Lady Boss Loyalty will be entered. So please comment away. Now I'd like to share with you today's guest. So let me introduce you to Martin. Here's a little bit of info about him. So Martin Bomeister is a global leader who stands for growth and joy, his core values. I love how that's like the first statement he shares of his bio. After struggling in seventh grade in a German school, he's discovered his passion for growth. He switched schools and became a high-performing student and started to develop his talent to support others to grow alongside him. Both his own and the growth of others have been an essential part of his life ever since. Professionally, Martin started his career as a car mechanic, has a mechanical engineering degree, and earned his EMBA, or his executive MBA, from Michigan State University. His passion is leading, mentoring, and coaching global teams to achieve the highest customer satisfaction. He prides himself on influencing organizations to be better today than yesterday. On the personal side, Martin strives to have the right mix of work and play. He lives a health-conscious vegan lifestyle, enjoys hiking with his wife and their two dogs, 
traveling the world and spending time with his two artistic daughters. The family lost their 27-year-old son in 2016 to a lengthy battle with drug addiction. Through this life-altering experience, Martin and his wife developed their spiritual side, and we'll explore that a little bit more in our interview today. Finally, continued growth as a leader and coach while supporting others in their career journey, along with finding joy in what he does every day, or at the core of what he believes will bring him not only success, but genuine happiness. Martin, wonderful to have you. Welcome to the show. Great to be on the show, Louise. It's so great to finally be here and having a chance to interact with you. I appreciate the nice intro. I think I will take you along when, when I go somewhere to introduce <laughs> myself. That sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> well, you know, it is quite, it's, so you're welcome. It is quite interesting to always hear someone speak of you, um, of, you know, of oneself. Um, and so I'm really interesting, interested to explore so much here, Martin, because something I have learned about you since having met you on LinkedIn, um, which has been a super platform, I know, for me, as well as for you to connect with like-minded mm-hmm. professionals. What I have learned of you is how you share so many sides of yourself for the purpose of empowering others. And I find that personally very touching and inspiring and very much aligned with, with you know, what I stand for. Um, I'm not even going to warm things up. I want to know what compels you to do all of that, because that's not easy. No, it's not. And it is also time consuming. At the same time, for me, it's, it's very rewarding as I've learned over the years so much. And if I can give back to the community and help even one person, and I've had it a few times where somebody came to me afterwards and said, hey, thank you so much for this. I, I watched your video and I got so much out of it and I would like to dig deeper. That is amazing when you get that kind of feedback that some, you were able to help somebody. Yeah. And even if it's just one person. And, and in addition to that, you get to know new people and, and expand your network and you learn from them as well. So it's not just the giving, but mm-hmm. it starts with the giving and you receive back. Mm-hmm. Um, so, tr- so true. And certainly like any online platform, being able to connect with the right people is an essential component of that. So sometimes there's a bit of weeding out, but it's worth it. It's worth it. Um, what is the link and the connection between, you know, you share like that online, clearly through your bio, through what I know and through what I know of you, you share like that in all of, all of the ways that you show up as a husband, as a father, and as a leader. Why is that so important, in your opinion, for leaders to be showing up in this way, not just leading process, procedure, product, etc.? Mm-hmm. So what, one thing I wanted to mention is I'm here today as, as Martin Baumeister. I'm not representing my company. This is me as a leader and hopefully sharing some valuable lessons that I've made, made over the years with, with your listeners. Yeah. And so I have come over the years to the conclusion that as a leader, you're not just a leader. You are a person. You are a hum- human being. And as you share what you've gone through and some of the struggles, and I've had it now many times where I talk to emerging leaders and they've, they, are, they have exactly the same questions as I've had years ago. And it goes back to what I said earlier, if I can make it a little easier for them 
to work through these struggles because they see they are not alone. They're not the only ones struggling with, with those questions. You know, you, you mentioned in my bio that the work play balance, right? So, somehow you, got, you have to figure that out. And as you raise up in the organization, that becomes harder and harder. And everybody knows it. And as you raise up, all of a sudden you find yourself in that situation that it has become difficult. And now you need to figure it out. And, and that's part of why I'm sharing. And yes, I'm exposing myself too. And that's always a risk. But at the same time, as a leader, you also have to be willing to take a risk and take chances. And sometimes I also get feedback that, hey, maybe this was not that well formulated. And especially my wife is pretty awesome with coaching me and, and <laughs> telling me in a very, very frank and straightforward way, no, this is not going to work. This is not going to give anybody anything. You have to do this and this. And, and that's extremely valuable. So hi to your wife and kudos to your wife because um, <laughs> I don't believe, and my listeners have heard me say this many times before, I don't believe we ever get anywhere alone. I think that the essence in the core has to come from within. And there has to be a deep drive, passion, and, and belief, and probably some other things mixed in there as well. But we aren't an island in, in, in unto ourselves. <laughs> we, no. we are social beings. We live in a world where connection and, and collaboration and support from others is partly what makes us human and allows us to get to where we get to. So that said... Um, talk to us a little bit about perhaps the leaders or not necessarily a person, but who's helped you along the way through mm -hmm. your journey. And after that, I want to explore little pieces of the journey along the way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I want to take our listeners back to all the way to seventh grade, because that is where That's I good. realized for the first time how important it is that you have people in your life who help you. And so I, I, I struggled in seventh grade big time. And it's been building up. This was not seventh grade was bad. It's been building up sixth, seventh grade. And my parents and I sat down and we had a very open discussion about what are my options and came to the conclusion that it's best for me to change schools. And I've had and felt my parents' support all along. They, they were behind me. They supported me. There was no regret that I, I struggled in this school, which is the highest level school that you can go to in Germany and now go more to a middle-level school. And it was the best thing that could have ever happened to me at that time to switch school, schools, get a new start, having that support system where I knew my parents are, are going to be behind me. And now I also felt I have to apply myself. So mm -hmm. making the change, having the support, but then also doing the work afterwards, yeah. that, really, that really is what made it happen. And as I reflected back, I realized all along throughout my career, I always had people in my life, whether it was a formal mentor, an informal mentor, my wife, who helped me through difficult decisions, through difficult phases by openly reflecting back what they see, what they observe, and giving me open feedback. And, and that's the other part that is so valuable besides the support system, having people in your life who are willing to look you in the eyes and, and give you open feedback, open and honest feedback, and you accepting that and then doing something with it. 
So, so much to unpack there. So thank you for starting that off way back there. Well, not way back, way, way back in the, in the seventh grade. That really didn't, that came out wrong. Um, because I think a lot of these patterns do start back then. Our passions often start mm. back then. You know, I do a lot of work with people who try to understand, well, you know, what do I actually want to do with my life? Mm. Good life, you know, I'm 40 and what do I do? And sometimes we have to really roll back the clock. And so I love how you did that in terms of your identifying where that passion for helping, well, understanding that you yourself like to grow and the passion for supporting others with their growth, um, I think is, is, is fantastic that you had that insight. Um, I also think, and I'd like your comments on this, that we, people say they want feedback until they get it and it doesn't really align <laughs> with what it is that they want to hear. You said stay, you know, staying open is important. Mm-hmm. So can you talk to us a little bit more about that and how that supported you through your career? Because I think that's a big part of learning, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It absolutely is. And it's feedback, receiving and giving feedback both is an art. You, you have to learn over time that it's actually a good thing when you receive constructive feedback. It's even better, of course, when when you receive positive, encouraging feedback, and you need both. You need to understand where you're doing well because you want to keep doing that, and you absolutely need to understand where you have an opportunity for improvement, and that's the key. When somebody gives you open, honest feedback and always assuming they have your best interest in mind, right? Take that as the basis. They have your best interest in mind. They're, they're putting themselves out there. It's not easy. If you've ever given feedback to anybody, it's not easy to give somebody constructive feedback and take it as such. Yeah. And one key is don't, don't get defensive ever. Ask clarification questions and then sleep over it. Think about it. And, and often you find that, yes, the person has a point if you give yourself the time to digest it and process it and, and then go back and, and really thank the person for providing that feedback. It's all part of that learning process. And I, and mm-hmm. I think that, um, you know, as I work with leaders of all, at all levels, with emerging leaders, mid-level leaders and senior leaders, and those who continue to excel are those who continue to, to learn. And learning comes mm-hmm. in all sorts of forms, including, you know, learning from, from feedback you get from others. So take us back a little bit then, um, back to, to switching schools. So you're not in the seventh grade anymore, so you switched schools probably then in the eighth grade. And then um, what was that experience like and how – talk us through those years and the learnings that occurred during that time. Uh-huh. Yeah, all of a sudden I find myself, as I apply myself to learning, meaning this is something I, A, need to do, but then I realize I actually enjoy it. It, it's fun learning new things. It's fun performing in school too. And I also found that as I acquired more knowledge and got better at it, that I'm pretty good at also helping others with, with their learning. Right. And, and so I, I'm going through school being in, in the top 10% of the school while I can help others and, and I found this is, this is a passion of mine. I want to learn. I want to continue to grow. Every time you learn something new, you just grew a little bit. And you learn every day. And that's in leadership, the absolute 
essential part of leadership is it's a learning journey. It never stops. Don't ever think you are done because the world <laughs> around you is changing. So you will never be done. And it's fun. It is fun if you embrace it. And it's challenging too, because you, when you think you figured it out, something <laughs> changes and you start over again. Kind of like having a baby. <laughs> you know, you, you get this brand new baby at home and you think, okay, at two weeks old, I've nailed it. I've, you know, well, maybe not, not quite nailed it, but I've got, I've got the routine. I think I'm, you know, the getting into some sort of routine a month passes and, and it mm. totally changes. And so I think that in this uh, business environment that you mentioned, you know, it's, talk about the VUCA environment, volatile, oh, yeah. Yeah, uncertain, complex mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and ambiguous. How does that, how has that changed your leadership? Yeah, that, that's a huge part of what we are going through right now, especially in the automotive industry. The changes are, are just amazing. And what, what we keep saying is change is the new normal. At the same time, we're still adjusting to that thought process that now change is the new normal. And I just yesterday had a discussion with one of, of my team members who is also in a leadership position how do we approach now communication with the team, our vision, our next steps, our strategy? And, and the key is to constantly have the finger on the pulse to be open to change and change is the new normal and be ready to react to that as well as create that understanding within the team that although I might say we're going this way today, we have to be ready to make those those adjustments along the way as the market changes, as the conditions are changing. Our customers have to be able to rely on us to react fast as government regulations change, as consumer demand changes, as technology changes. Mm-hmm. All these changes are impacting us every day now. And, and that's one of the challenges we have now as a leader to adjust to that and learn how to create that vision, how to give the team that outlook that we're going in the right direction and not driving them crazy when, when things are changing. Uh, so this is a, a passion of mine and I find it fascinating because I think that while I believe, and so I'm interested to know what you believe, I believe that we do overcomplicate things for ourselves and which are everything, relationships, personal relationships, um, professional relationships, and I really think it comes down to the fact that we are human beings and there are some universal, universal principles of being human that have not changed over time. Not yet. Well, they've modified somewhat. But in terms of, you know, um, going back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, knowing that people need safety and security. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm wondering how we bridge that gap between, um, well, I'm exploring this in a book, actually, but how we bridge that gap between this kind of environment and recognizing that we're saying we want employees to adapt and be okay with change. Yet when that threatens their fundamental, you know, that lowest level of safety and security, what do we, what, what, are, you, what, are, your, what are your thoughts on how we start to address and bridge that? Open and honest communication is the, the first and foremost thing you have to do. And I, I've gone through significant changes with my company several times. I guess that is one advantage we have that we've gone through changes. I have experienced them and we've been very successful in doing them mm. and leading the team through those changes. And my 
philosophy always has been to be as transparent as I possibly can be. And also when, when I get questions and I don't know the answer, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. At least I, that is my position that I, I'm, I don't have that magic glass ball that I can look into and predict the future. Otherwise I'd be doing something else. <laughs> I will be transparent and I will tell the team what I know and what I don't know. And as, as, as soon as I know this is the direction we are going, then I will communicate that as well. And what, what you said earlier, we, we, we tend to become too complex. You, ha- you have to first break it down in, into very easily digestible and understandable pieces and then start going into the details. I like that. You know, it's making me think that uh, if they feel safe in your leadership, Maybe that's mm-hmm. where we create the safety. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to. I, I'm I'm pretty right now, pretty immovable <laughs> on the notion that we have to, as leaders, attempt to create uh-huh. some element of safety within this changing environment. We can't change that business environment, but I see leaders getting frustrated with their teams for not being adaptable to change, and I'm like, hmm, whose problem really is that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, f- first of all. So how do you create that sense of safety and that the, the, the team is looking towards you to provide that to them? One of our core values is, is trust. If that, that is the number one thing you have to do with your team to build that trust and that confidence into each other that you can trust and they need to know that you're looking out for them making your team the highest priority is, is part of what I do because at the end of the day, if you take care of your team, they will, they will take care of business and they need to know that you will take care of them and that that is your first priority. It's as a leader, it's not about you. You, you have to invest in yourself. Of course you have to grow. You have to do all those things, but your first responsibility is to your team and supporting your team giving them what you said, the, the safety, giving them the, the reassurance that they will have a job, they will have a good outcome, they will have the challenges and interesting opportunities to work on, all of that. That's the basis. And, and the rest then comes and listen to your team. Open, open up, let them raise their concerns. Change is not easy to deal with. Yeah. And, and most human beings, if not everybody, is wired towards, I'm very comfortable where I'm at. Don't rock the boat. And change is something I leads me to a place that I haven't been yet. It's an unknown. And all of a sudden, you want to take me there. And if you don't have the trust established, don't, don't look for You're your screwed. team to follow you. <laughs> You're screwed. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it, it really starts with you. The issue is not the team. It's taking the team towards, and I like the model that the four, four rooms of change, the house of change, if you've ever looked at that, oh. you have to go through those four rooms. There's no other way to, to make change happen. And I always remind myself of that when change is coming, okay, now we're starting with room number one. And then we'll, we'll go through the different rooms. I highly recommend anybody who is exposed to change, take a look at, a, at this model or similar. There are plenty of models out there. I really like the, the house of change. And, um, and if you're not going through change, um, I'm really curious where you work. 
<laughs> because oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, those are the companies. Every industry. Yeah. Sorry, Matthew. Yeah. Go ahead. You know, it, you, and we have so many examples where dominating market leaders yeah. for years and years and years. Just take a reason one seals has been the brand name when it came to wholesale. Yeah. And they're gone. Yeah. And there's so many blockbusters, right? Yeah. If you don't change, oh, my model is working great. Yeah. And it's going to work until somebody else is going to take your business away because you are not willing to change. And, and one thing I always remind myself of is, you know, the, I, I've heard the saying, what is the biggest enemy of great? It's being good. If you feel like you're good and you become complacent, you will become irrelevant. And so making the right changes, not just a change for the sake of changing, but making the right changes that lead you into the future is, is absolutely essential. And I think that actually links really nicely, Martin, to what you were saying at the beginning of the conversation about personal learning and growth. I think mm -hmm. the same can apply to that. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I've gone through, through changes and learned my lessons you know, in early in my career, when I started as a car mechanic, for instance, yeah, it it was always when when I was done with school, I felt like I want to do something. I want to want to have a hands-on job, and I went into an apprenticeship as a car mechanic, and I enjoyed it. It's it's a really nice, challenging job. You learn a lot about cars. It it fed into my passion for for cars and and the auto industry and all that. And after a few years, I felt, I don't know that this is it. Mm. I, I felt I want to do more, but I couldn't quite get me myself to make a decision. And what happened is I, I got into an accident and I had a, a stone hitting my eye and I spent mm. a week in, in, in a hospital and had to think. And while I was in the hospital, I missed one of the, the, the upcoming finals that would have gotten me to the next level as a car mechanic. And I had to consider what am I going to do now? And my, my dad was awesome. He sat down with me and he, we explored the options together. And that's where I felt the first time I'm getting coaching right now. He was very open, very neutral. He had his own business and he would have loved for me to go into his business. And he laid out the, the pros and cons of me doing that versus of me going back to school and getting a degree, mechanical degree, and having a career more towards that, and, which I did. I ended up going back to school, following my passion for learning and growing, following my passion to take more the, the risky road in terms of doing something different versus I would have loved to take over his, his business eventually, and, and he would have supported me 100% there as well. But he did support me also, along with my mom, going back to school and, and getting a degree. So early on and all through my career, I learned, A, you, you have to be willing to make changes if you want, want to grow. You have to keep learning. And you have to be willing to go towards the unknown and, and take a risk, take a chance. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. Fortunately for me, almost every time I took a major leap, it worked out quite nicely. 
What, what a, another great story to add what you've shared already. And I think it's interesting how this pivot came at a point in your life where you were forced to pause. Um, you were forced to have that one week in hospital and that, you know, then you're just, you're only with your own thoughts. And, yes. and I don't think that we take enough time in the, this busy business and personal, you know, yeah. leadership and then life is busy, both. Um, and so how have you, um, how have you integrated that as still part of your life? Cause I know you talk about having life balance and, and mm-hmm. what it is that you do to stay kind of connected with yourself and family. How is it that you've integrated mm-hmm. that those moments of pause for reflection? Yes. And, and I have to admit for many years in my career, I actually neglected that part to mm-hmm. really take that pause. I believe back then the universe sent me a message. You got to take a break and you got, you have to think. So it, it helped mm-hmm. me <laughs> doing so. Um, but where the biggest pause that happened for us was when, when my stepson passed away three years ago, you know, that that's a life altering event that happens. And we were falling in this deep black hole that we had to find a way out. And I have to say between myself, my wife, my two daughters, you know, we came together also as a family and each, each one of us had their individual struggles, mm-hmm. but it always felt like we were there for each other. And we had also afterwards many conversations about what we could have done better. And, you know, there were some point in times where we were so busy with our own struggle and our own pain that we didn't even see how much pain the other are going through. Mm-hmm. At the same time, really took us to a point in our life where we, where we realized there is something else that we always took care of our body and, and had a healthy lifestyle. I always was eager to learn. Same with my wife. We, we have a growth mindset. And I realized there's, there's a spiritual side that we haven't developed that I have neglected to a certain part of my life. And that I've now acquired to learn to utilize a lot more than I did in the past. I, I got into starting meditation, although I'm, I'm, I'm decent at it. I'm, I'm getting better. But meditation is it's just like everything. It takes practice. You don't sit down and you're the meditation guru for three hours, right? Your <laughs> mind just keeps going. It's just like the the little monkeys that keep telling you stories and, and you have to learn that that's okay. And you let the thought go and you go back. What that does for you is similar to when, when I went to the hospital, it, it just frees up your mind from all the noise and it helps you to find <clears throat> back to the core of who you are. What are your values? What is in it for you in terms of where do you want to take yourself next? Where is your passion? And same with my wife. She, she's, two years ago, she founded Vegan Soul Adventure. And, and now she's a passionate vegan recipe blogger, which I get to enjoy all the gourmet food all the time. And <laughs> so, so at the end, although, of course, we still miss him every day, we feel like we're more connected to him as well because he sends yeah. us little signs. Yeah. And we learned something very valuable that there is more to life than, than just what we see, what we can touch. There, there's more. And, and 
we've learned yet also reflecting back that there, there's something true to having affirmation helping you to reach your goals. And by setting the right affirmations to manifest what's going to happen in your life in the future. And I realized I've actually done that in the past, which mm. I didn't know that I'm doing it. Now I'm doing it more consciously. Okay. Uh, so first of all, thank you for sharing that. Um, that story. And I think that's one of the, the things at the beginning of, of, of our interview, I say, you know, what compels you to share this? Because that's a clearly, I mean, I've not been through a loss like that. Um, clearly, that is a devastating, uh, an understatement, a devastating thing to experience as an individual and as a family. And I think it's very courageous and brave and kind, actually, to share those stories because others are going through it clearly. Others are going through that that kind of thing as well, but may feel alone or not really know what to do with it. And I think the way that you share um, really serves to connect you with others and offer a safe place for others to explore their own pain, mm -hmm. even if they're not reaching out. Um, and so how has that made you, or has that made you a better leader? Mm -hmm. I, I say yes in, in a few aspects. A, what you just said, I felt ever since I started sharing that experience, people are more open to share when they're struggling with their life. And that's one thing that we have to realize. The people we work with, they have a life besides what we see in the office. And when you see somebody acting differently, or strange or not as you expect, or they don't, they're not, they don't seem to be 100% in it, there's a high chance that they have something going on in their life that occupies their mind. Mm -hmm. And being more sensitive to that. And when I observe myself, I find myself being more sensitive to it now than I've ever been before. And I also find myself being more open to being accommodating when somebody struggles, when they come to me and say, here's what I'm struggling with. And it's again, goes back to you take care of your team, you take care of your people. And if somebody goes through struggles, help them, help them through that. I, I've experienced it several times in my company where people helped me through those difficult times and I will never ever forget what they did for me. It, it just goes, it's so, so powerful when you know, when you have personal issues, when you have struggles that the people around you are there for you to support you, whether they are at work, whether they are your friends. And I've experienced it over and over again. And I've also heard from other people that they've gone through similar things, colleagues of mine, and their boss stepped up, their colleagues stepped up, they filled in for them. They really helped them go getting through that difficult phase and that is part of what gets you through it. And that's how you also grow as a leader because you realize that this is a critical part of being a leader, that you are there to support your team. I like that final statement. Um, that wraps that sentiment up really well because I believe so strongly that if you're not prepared to show up that way as a leader, you should not be a leader. Mm. Um, yeah. I believe that if there is a desire to do that and you don't know how, I would say, welcome, we will, you know, we will help you with that. But without, without a desire to do something differently, you know, mm -hmm. the person's not going to do something differently. 
And to echo, you know, to echo what you just, what you just shared and to, to bring a little bit of light to that, shed some light on that with the listeners as well. Um, my own personal experience it was a number of years ago now, my sister had had a bone marrow transplant um, and I think it was, I can't remember how many years post bone marrow transplant, a couple years. Um, this one particular time, aspects of my life were spiraling downwards and colliding, it was all at the same time. So she was having heart surgery. One of my boys before I was traveling, on, the night before I was traveling on a business trip was holding a knife to his throat saying he wanted to be dead. And then um, there was something really bad going on with my now ex-husband at, at, at that time, something that, which ultimately was the, the, what devastated our relationship. Anyway, all of this, all at the same time, all in the same week. And, uh, you know, I went to work the next day and my boss clearly had seen that I was starting to deteriorate. Um, uh, but I thought I was hiding it. You know, it's like, got to carry got to carry on my my mm. awesome my workplace is paying me good money to do a good job like keep keep going this will get better so I still felt like I had a positive mindset you know I get through this lean on others and just keep going and she said to me I can tell you're not doing okay after which that was then that was you know the waterfalls and and I and I opened right up and the reason I'm sharing this story is to show the power of showing up as a leader the way that you've just explained the power of this is that she said, what can we do? They did do a few things in terms of get support from, um, a, from a local um, psychologist who was incredible and is, is one of the few people in my life who I have, um, uh, he's been instrumental in who I am today. Um, but beyond that, she said, do you need to take time off? I said, I don't know what I need. She said, well, can you get through today? I said, sure can. The next day came, I went to work. She asked, How's it going? Can you get through today? Said, I sure can. And I never took any, there was never any time <laughs> off because it was always, she sort of met me where I was at. There was no deep dive into the whole, you know, I shared as much as I wanted to, but the kind of support that she showed that whatever I chose, she would support mm-hmm. actually kept me in the workplace, which was better than not being, I'm sure I wasn't fully functional. I was trying my best, but I have to say that working at 50% would be better than me being at home sick, you know, off mm-hmm, sick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the power of that kind of connected, compassionate leadership, I don't think can be understated. Um, so what do you believe leaders need to do more of? And those watching life and radio, live radio is that just that is live. Um, those who have just joined us, we are speaking with Martin Bomeister. Martin is here on the Louise H. Reed Show talking about life and leadership. Those of you know, I love exploring backstories. Hello. Um, Again, um, those of you who listen regularly know that I love exploring the life and leadership aspects of people's stories. Um, We're all on this earth going through the same ages, and yet we don't experience life in the same way at all, ever. And so Martin is exploring that with us. And so um, 
again, much gratitude to Martin for being here and for opening up the way that he has so far. Um, so the question that I'd, I, I'm interested in understanding, Martin, now that I've sort of given uh, my two cents on sort of what, what leaders need to do more of is what do you believe leaders need to do more of? So if we've got someone listening right now who's either aspiring to be a leader or is a leader already, what's one thing that you would tune them into to do more of? So I hope I'm back now. All of a sudden, my system crashed. Sorry for that. Not sure what happened. Life's live, right? Life is live. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. I want to take this back to a conversation I just had yesterday, which to me is, is essential. You, you have to take time to know who you want to be as a leader and take time to learn you, you have to block out that time in your day and you have to make your own development a priority. If you don't do that, you are not progressing. And same as with companies, eventually you're going to get, become outdated. And today we have a lot. You, you mentioned VUCA world earlier. We also have the challenge that our workforce is changing. Mm -hmm. The people who are joining today, they are looking for quite different things. And the Back, back to your earlier comment. The problem is not them entering the workforce and now all of a sudden wanting something different. The problem <laughs> is us not adjusting to that, right? So it's us saying, no, 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 this is, this is how it works because we've been successful this way. But that's maybe not the best way to move forward into the future. Keeping that open mind, constantly learning about what's changing around you, developing yourself and, and really take the time to do so and reach out to people to get feedback. I, I, I can't stress that enough. And not just your, to your boss. Your boss will give you good feedback. The people who see you a lot more mm -hmm. than your boss often is are, are your peers and your team members, the people you're working with every single day. They see your blind spots. They see where you're doing well, and they see where you can do better. And make that, make that part of your DNA. Just keep doing it. And, it. and it gets not necessarily easy, but it gets part of who you are as a leader. And, and it allows you to grow at a level where, which you've never experienced before. Yeah, I think nothing gets easy. I think you just get better. Mm -hmm. yes. It's kind of like working out or meditation, like you were saying, yeah, yeah. when you're doing weights or you're meditating, it never becomes easy necessarily. You just, you know, just keep getting better and elevating yourself. And so I yeah, think yeah. that, you know, it just exposes more of what you can develop. I like what you said as well about leadership DNA. I think that's a really cool kind of concept. And I think yes. that um, conserve, if people understand what sort of um, contributes to that leadership DNA, then you keep, you keep that with you throughout your whole leadership journey. Absolutely. I've also been very fortunate that I've had a very diverse portfolio of leaders that I've worked for, who I've worked for. And for instance, my, my current manager, he's, he's awesome. Just a few weeks ago, he walks through the office and one of our engineers just seemed different. And he's known him from the past and he just looked at him, said, something is going on. Let's grab a coffee. And they mm -hmm. sat down and and just had that open conversation about what's going on in their life. And to me, those are 
great examples of how I grow because I see my leaders doing certain things and they are helping me. Again, they might be doing things differently from what I do, but that's also part of the richness that we have in our culture that we, we, are, we have such a diverse population and the diversity helps you from, you know, you choose the best out of all the worlds and, and you just keep growing with each other rather than saying, no, that's different and it's wrong. No, it's different. And that's <laughs> the extent of it. Period. Let's see what's good about it. Yeah, I like what you said as well about exploring uh, feedback from various levels. We know about, most leaders will know about 360s, and those can be very effective in certain cases. Mm -hmm. But I think even just doing your own sort of research on yes. people who have various various people in your lives, because they'll see, they're looking at you um, through a different lens. Mm -hmm. And we'll see, to your point, we'll see different things in you, strengths and um, areas of opportunity, weaknesses, whatever the heck you want to call it. Um, and I think then you can choose which ones you of most value for you to work on. And I, and I think um, expanding the view is always, uh, is that, that too is an ongoing thing because it's easy yeah. for us to get our blinders on, um, create opinions. And I know I'm guilty of that. I'm very opinionated, but I do try to, okay, stop, pause, and listen, observe. Listen more, speak less. Uh, again, work in progress, always a work in progress. <laughs> you commented on the importance of knowing your own values. And so I'm interested in hearing why is that so important? We'll start with that. And then I've got a few follow-up questions. To uh -huh. that. Why uh -huh. are knowing your own values so important? And you challenged me to narrow mine down to two. And I resisted. I was like, no, but I did it. Anyway, so talk to us about why. Yeah, and, and I remember that, that dialogue. And I'm proud of you did, that you did. It's did. probably one of the most challenging things to do because everything seems important. <clears throat> but as you define you, your two core values, that is always a basis for you to be able to go back to, to say, is what I'm doing, is, are the decisions I'm making, are the actions I'm taking aligned with those two core values? So you check back. And make sure that what you do, you can actually a live with. But it it really is what you what you need to do, what you want to do, what you're passionate about. It is who you are, your your core values, and and you find it over and over again when you when you make a decision that's not aligned with your core values. Chances are that you will regret that decision. Because you've talked yourself into this is the right thing to do, where in your heart, in your in your gut, you feel this is not the right thing to do, but it, it seemed to make sense, right? Don't. But you do you, will... do you have an example of that? I've got a, I've got an example of that. <laughs> but let's, do you have an example of a time you made a decision against your values, which that you then regretted? I I have one where I actually used the values where I almost went down the path to make a decision where I had an opportunity to go for a position that would have been a promotion and it <clears throat> sounded exciting. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, it sounded exciting. And of course a promotion is appealing. And as I got into understanding what the position is actually all about, I found that I'm very well qualified for that position. And I also found that it's a position that I can do well 
from day one and I will not grow in it. Mm. It's a position that gets me the promotion, but not what I'm looking for in terms of growth and joy. I, I want to enjoy what I'm doing. And part of my enjoyment is when I'm challenged, when I, when I have to solve difficult problems, when I have to lead the team through challenging assignments. And when I feel like I'm growing, I'm learning something new. So as I go through the, through the initial process, I eventually said, no, please take me off the list. This is not what I'm looking for. And I knew something else will, will materialize. And, and that's part of when, when you fail on something or you make that decision and it's the right thing to do, something different will show up in your life and it will be the better thing. And you will be glad that you made the decision at the time, as difficult as those decisions are sometimes. Yeah, I think, uh, so thanks for sharing that. I think what values have done, um, just to add to what you shared, mm-hmm. um, values make the decision clear. It doesn't mean that it's easy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and yeah, and, and making decisions and taking action that align and take you closer towards living a life aligned with the values will never, in the, you know, the end of the day, far down the road. Um, will serve you well. So that I think that I've only got, if I can say regret, there's good things that came from it, certainly. Mm-hmm. But if I could say that there was one regret or a thing that stands out in my mind is a time where I acted against my values, I live with that every day. Mm-hmm. It, I'm reminded of it every day. And so my two values are family and freedom. Uh, and without going into sort of what that really means, because it was difficult to narrow it down. Um. When I finished college and university, I decided to move cities, which were four hours away from my parents and my siblings. And my mom was shocked because I grew up in Canada, having moved from England when I was five. And I used to, I used to cry all the time with my mom saying, why did you move us away from our family? We have no one here. I can't see my grandma. I won't know my cousins. And that bothered me through my whole life. And I said, when I have kids, I'm going to create for them what I didn't have growing up. Uh And that's grandparents that can come to hockey games. That's grandparents that can come to school concerts. It's Sunday dinners at my mom's house. And so while I know four hours might not sound like far away, when I looked at what family actually meant to me and what it looked like in my life, I made a decision to follow a boy to a different city that every day I'm sad for those things that I don't have. I mean, again, good things came out. I've had a fabulous career. I've got beautiful children with, with my now ex-husband, and I've got a wonderful partner now here and, and a stepson. So it's not that I have not created a wonderful life, but do I think every, am I reminded every day that I'm missing out on things that mm-hmm. I want, you know, that my family is all back in Toronto? And, yeah, I think about that every day. And so that's the power, I think, of knowing your values, identifying them, and actually making choices aligned with them. Yeah, I, I totally agree. That's part of why I challenged you to narrow it down to two. <laughs> otherwise, it, it's really if, if you're all over the place and you have that whole portfolio of values, everything is important in life. But what, what it really is, yeah. is going to be the core of you to make those decisions. And, and what is it? you're willing to live with too. And, and there's a, often there is a sacrifice for something you do, but is that sacrifice 
aligned with your values, meaning you're okay with it. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think we've probably got about five minutes left. I know. So uh, this does not have to be a brief comment, but what, you know, thinking about all the things that we've explored over and two together so far, what's something that you haven't shared that is really important for you to share with my listeners? Um, we, we touched on it a little bit, but one thing I wanted to share is if I look back the way I ended up in first in Regensburg in Germany with, with back then Siemens, the way I, I ended up in the U S as an immigrant back then as a delegate, what I found is that if you know what you want, what are your dreams? And I've back then I've manifested literally where I want to be. And I felt it. I pictured myself. I had this vision and I had no clue what I'm doing in terms of manifestation. I mean, you know, in recent years, we've learned more and more about that. And I found I've been doing this all my life that you, you understand what is it really your dreams are all about And then you create that feeling, you create that desire as if you were already there. You you see yourself already where you want to be. And it's so powerful, but you have to then also align your actions. It's the universe is not just gonna here you go. You have to align your actions. It's it's up to you then to make the right choices, to make the change that's needed, to make those difficult decisions that are aligned with your values and, and your dreams. And, and move things forward. Absolutely great way to, to make things happen. And again, as the leader, and I want to stress that it's a learning journey. You will never be done. Feedback is absolutely critical for you to become stronger and stronger as a leader. And when you take care of your people, people will take care of the business. And you will have a very strong business moving into the future and be open to that change. Change is going to come. WUKA world, we said it, right? You sure did. Martin, thank you so very much for all of what you shared and your time today. I've been so excited about this interview since really the moment that we started connecting online and certainly after we connected on the Zoom call. So thank you truly. Uh, I appreciate I appreciate all that you do. Thank you so much for having me, Louise. It was great talking to you. Loved it. Absolutely. We'll be in touch. We will. And of Uh course, I also want to thank all of you, my loyal listeners and followers, and remind you that information about my radio show and my guests like Martin today can be found at louisehreed.com. As always, a big shout out to my producer, Cameron Steele at Contact Talk Radio Network, and also to Jay Andrews for being the wind beneath my wings. And finally, I'm here to highlight and showcase people who are taking brave, bold action, whose actions have a positive impact in our world. With that said, I'd like to encourage you all to be brave, be bold, be happy. And in the words of Martin Bomeister, which there are many wise ones today, stay open, keep learning, learning is a journey and take care of your people, and they will take care of your business. Until next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, I'm Louise H. Reed. Wishing you all an amazing day. Thanks, my friends. Goodbye.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 